Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petham here alongside Danny Raza. We're here to break down basically the Bertrand Traore signing as well as preview Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. We're just going to kind of take the best of both worlds and roll with it. Um, Danny, first of all, how are you doing, my friend? And it's uh, it's very exciting times to say the least, right? Yeah, I'm good. Very exciting times indeed. Uh, we're having to wait a little bit longer for our first Premier League game than pretty much every other club. Um, but I'm glad it's finally going to get underway. And uh, after a big win against Burton earlier this week, I'm pretty excited. Oh, 100%. Like, I'm buzzing for this. It feels, it's kind of weird because it's been, what, like 40-some days since the last kick of the ball against West Ham. Uh, narrowly, like, in a, when I put it on emphasis, narrowly avoiding relegation. Um, the whole club just, just seems to be on the up and up. Like, we're going from one strength to another these signings have kind of reinforced people's faith within the club the the whole prospect of actually being i guess you can say quote unquote comfortable this season um i think there's still a long way for that there's going to be a lot of ups and downs as there always is with villa but nonetheless we're here for this so of course if you want to find us um and interact with us you can email us at holtcastpod at gmail.com and on twitter of course at 7500 holt but danny let's get uh, right into the bertrand terrari signing first because of course this happened on saturday this is being recorded on the sunday um he signs for a reported 17 million pounds um a decent fee it's not too much it's not too little how do you feel about it yeah, so I think it's one of those things where we, we need to improve our attacking options. We really need to improve our wingers. Um, and I think also you've got somebody in Bertrand Traore who could fit quite well as a striker too. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with it. You know, this is a very talented player. He did have a poor season last year, as we kind of discussed in the last podcast. But um, ultimately what Villa are getting now is somebody who's very different to the wingers that they already have. You know, he's, he, we've got a left-footed winger here. He's probably more of a driving force than Hotter, even though he's also left-footed and plays on the right. And also adds a little bit more pace, I think, than uh, than we've traditionally had with El Ghazi and, and, uh, and Trezeguet. I think you've got somebody who can dribble the ball very well, somebody who's um, you know very adept at cutting inside. For 17 million, you've got somebody who you know maybe hasn't even hit his peak yet and has shown glimpses of being a, you know, a top-class player. Uh, so it should be interesting to see. It should be interesting to see. I think um, he's, 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 we haven't seen him in the Premier League since 2016 at Chelsea. But uh, back then, I, I know he was thought about as a, as a, as a really good young player. Um, and and you'd, you have to say the only poor season he's had was the last one. Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing here is is that, well, of course, like most notably, he was kind of in that Chelsea loan system uh, where they just make a decent profit on uh, loaning players out and getting loan fees. Um, so he's kind of caught up in that kind of, I wouldn't call it a mess, but that system, um, of course, had spells at Ajax, uh, I think Vitesse, um, where he would have, of course, played with Al Ghazi, um, then Vitesse with Nakamba, respectively. Um, and then, of course, he moves to uh, Olympic Lyon. Um, and of course that's a big move for him. He does very well in his first couple seasons and then it's kind of trickled down from there. And I've, I've looked at, uh, uh, who scored because they kind of ha- actually have an interesting graphic and it breaks down basically essentially wherever he's played at Leon and given him kind of like an average. So basically as a substitute, he's came off the bench 23 times. He scored a zero, um, as a center forward, he scored, uh, where was it here? Um, God, was it 13 goals? Um, and then out 
I think on the wing was at 20 odd or something like that. I might be reading this wrong, but it, it seems like somebody who kind of has the knack for goal, has some pace in, in them. And like you said, Danny, it's competition. It's all about competition. It's all about improving competition. It, it kind of gives the signal in my mind to players like Trezeguet and El Ghazi that you need to kind of take a step further in your development, take a step further in maybe your risk taking in your abilities and work harder to get out and deserve minutes on the pitch. And I, I think that's what's needed. I think avoiding relegation, all that stuff is great. Now is the time to build on that and keep building on that year in, year out and see how far we can take this club and see if we can get back to the depths that we hope to be at and hope that we were at one day. So it's going to be interesting in that regard. But I I believe, Danny, if I'm right in saying it's way too late for him to play against Sheffield United. Am I correct in that? Oh, I didn't know about that. So because because his work permit I suppose was on Sunday, yeah, I think it I think it wouldn't. No, it was Saturday basically. It got confirmed his work permit. Yeah, it's probably probably going to be a little bit too late. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would assume so. So we won't see him, um, which is a shame. Maybe he'll they'll bring him out at halftime and he can uh, applaud the cameras because there won't we actually be fans him. there. <laughs> oh, we could do with him. I, I I think that's kind of the interesting thing, but. Uh, who knows? I'm, I'm sure we're going to see another signing here shortly, whether it's a winger, um, central midfielders. Um, I think now if we don't sign another winger and that's kind of it, at least we have one to improve that kind of area of the pitch. But I, I think now is also the time to start bringing in uh, more quality depth signings, whether that is a John Swift or a um, James McCarthy or whoever, uh, just giving examples from past uh, links to the club in terms of transfer news. Um, so that'll be interesting. But Danny, you know what? Let's move right on to the preview. Um, we've already talked about Bertrand Traore in the previous podcast, so I don't really want to kind of go on about it too much because it, it, he's one of those signings, in my opinion. It's a wait and see. But of course, on Monday, it's Villa versus Sheffield United at Villa Park. <laughs> the last time, we probably should have lost. <laughs> well, definitely should have. Um, <laughs> we got away with it, and it was the basically the kickoff to us uh, scraping Premier League survival. So, Danny, what are your initial thoughts? How are you feeling heading into this game? Yeah, I don't remember the game you're talking about. I've not been reminded about it once. <laughs> I'm not. I've, nobody's even spoken. Especially a word not on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, especially not on Twitter. <laughs> God, I'm just. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna quickly get back to that match, like really quick. Yeah. End of the day, if that goal goes in, you can't deny that Villa are gonna work even harder to get a goal. So just you know, it it it, it, it happened. It was a one-time thing. But but Chris Wilder's record against this is pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty good. He seems to he seems to do well against um against the Villa side. I think I think what you've got is a very is a very motivated Sheffield United side. Like last season, a lot of fight. You know, in the in the championship as well. Chris Wilder really motivated them to to do well. I, I this time round. I know I would have said the exact same thing last year. I think Sheffield United are going to struggle a little bit. Um, but where they do have the he- edge over Villa, I think, heading into the game, is the fact that they have already played two Premier League games. Not Premier League games, sorry. I have already played two competitive games. You know, one Premier League game already. Um, you know, a very tough one against Wolves. So for Villa, though, you know, you've got you've got top players coming in now. Watkins, Grealish, um, ETC. Uh, Villa are going to be playing their, their top team, their, their first team. Uh, but they haven't had a kick of, um, of competitive football yet, some of them. So I think that's where we're going to struggle. Yeah, like, I see a lot of people kind of already written Sheffield United off in terms of there's no way they're going to kind of hit the heights of last season because obviously a newly promoted side getting 
to be where they were. And of course, coming out of lockdown, they just kind of looked completely off pace and that form basically went right out the window. So I think a lot of people are looking at that, but you also have to look at it in this way. It's a new season. It's a new start. Their first games against Wolves. Wolves, no matter what players they've lost recently are still a very good competent side they're going to be in the Premier League for you'd imagine years to come and they're trying to get into those Champions League spots like that is their aim right now because that's the level of players they have so uh, it's kind of hard to judge Sheffield United off of a Wolves a very confident Wolves team a very good Wolves team if I must painfully say um so with that, I, like it, it's kind of tricky because Chris Wilder, if you look at his track record, he's very good at kind of finding those players that uh, evidently other teams have written off. You look at uh, Jack Rodwell, um, you look at, um, oh my God, the one that used to play, I mean, uh, Morrison. <laughs> I was thinking of the one that played for QPR. Yes, there we Rodolfo go. I got Morrison. there. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why you're here Danny because my memory <laughs> just goes away um that's right. y- yeah you, you look at those um he, like if you look at his team on paper I guess what I'm trying to say is I think a lot of people look and go well that's very average but he just gets so much more out of it like you're leading the line with Ollie McBurney and McGoldrick like if you, it, most people look at that and go, well, that's championship standard, but he's done very well to get what he has so far out of those players. So it, it's an interesting system. They're very uh, physical. They're very powerful on the ball. Um, they know what they're doing and they have their objectives in mind. They know their assignments. So it's going to be a, a very tough match. And I, I guess getting back to you, Danny, like I think the thing you pointed out before was rustiness. We could potentially have um, in terms of some of these first team players haven't even kicked a, a football competitively since last season. Of course, aside from preseason friendlies to gain match sharpness and fitness, is there any, I wouldn't say fear, but any worry in the back of your mind coming into this game that we could see something like the game uh, that kicked off project restart? Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of um, fear of that, but I think, I mean, look, I mean, look at, look at the Burton game as a, as a mini example. You know, straight off the, um, you know, straight after kickoff, we were just a little bit rusty, and, and Burton pretty much capitalised on that on, on that straight away. You know, you're adding in new defenders as well. Come the weekend, you're gonna see Matty Cash come on, probably come come in and start. Targets probably gonna start. Conza's probably gonna start. So, you know, despite Mings having been there, there's some players there who haven't been there yet. So, you know, Sheffield United, if they if they start the game. Well, if they if they press and 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 maybe if they, you know, launch a bit of a counter attack, if there's a if there's a you know, I don't know, if 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 one of them tries to tries to push out one of our defenders, you know, early on in the game, there's every chance that uh that they that they're going to be a little bit off the pace. Um, having said that, you know, we've got a very talented side, and I think Dean Smith will probably tell him to go out there and probably just ease into it a little bit. Uh, but w- what I am worried about is the fact that Sheffield United will have a lot more intensity than us, I think, starting off. And Because uh, let's be honest, even last season, even in the middle of the season, you know, take out the the, the fact that they're, that they're starting afresh and starting a new um, starting a new season and playing their first competitive game. Villa struggle with that. Villa struggle with, um, with, with actually being in the pace of the game, um, you know, right at kickoff. Yeah, like I, I think the interesting thing is, is that uh, like 
I think what happens with most football fans for every football club is there's that optimism even before the first kickoff of a league game. So I think that's what a lot of people are looking at. They're looking, okay, there's Martinez, there's Matty Cash. Um, of course, you have Watkins up front, and now you have Troyore, which, of course, will probably take a little while to see him, probably until match week, of course, we're on two, so match week three, um, you'd imagine. So I think a lot of people are riding those, thinking, okay, we're taking spots and trying to enhance that ability, enhance a competition there. So my main fear... Uh, if we're going to talk about fears right now, it's just like, it's kind of the same with the Burton thing. I think a lot of people thought we're going to win like six nil from just kind of the reaction that I was seeing. And then we concede right away, which to be fair was actually one hell of a goal. (laughs) Um, No way anyone's really stopping that, but uh, it's kind of like, Oh, well this is typical Villa. And then it just turns negative again. So I, I think the thing is, is not just for the fan base, but of course for the players is, okay, if, if we concede the first goal, we concede the first goal, we have to move on from that because I, I think the issue is as soon as that, if that happens, I shouldn't say as soon, if that happens, a lot of people are going to look at it and go, oh, we've already lost this. Oh, this is just like last season, Dean Smith. Oh, all these signings are terrible. Like, it's just, it's preseason optimism. We don't know what's going to happen. Like, a lot of these teams do have the up and up on us right now because, we haven't played a Premier League game. Like we're, you'd have to say we're probably off pace. So you can, well, I wouldn't even say like Man City or whoever still hasn't played is going to look a little off pace too because they're world class. But like we have to expect a little bit of kind of leeway in terms of some things just won't go our way. Like it's not going to be a perfect performance. So even if we win, even if we draw, even if we lose, I think we have to look at this as it's the first game. And hopefully, Danny, hopefully we're going to we're going to kind of increase and uh, go on from there in a positive manner. Yeah. But having said that, we need to get points early against the size like Sheffield United. You don't want to be begging for points come times. You know, we're playing Liverpool, Chelsea, etc. So yeah, it's still a winning winnable game. Sheffield United haven't haven't looked that good, have they? No. Um, you know, they, they obviously had that first game against Wolves where you think, OK, fair enough, it's Wolves. But um, even against Burnley. You know they 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 lost on penalties. I I know, um, but they they yet to get going is what I'm trying to say with Sheffield United. They yet to get going. He's gonna have to motivate them again, Chris Wilder. They weren't that good coming back off lockdown. You look at like the attacking threat. You said it yourself. David McGoldrick and Ollie McBurney doesn't quite you know put the fear into me. Where Villa are gonna struggle, I think, is gonna be set pieces, keeping an eye on the Lundstroms. You know. Um, Danny Egan headers and that kind of stuff, but what I do what I do like about Chris Wilder is he's giving Ollie McBurney a chance, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he's, he's he's and he's and he's one of those examples of the transfers that Sheffield United have been able to make. You know, they 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 they're bringing in players who they think they can motivate, who they who they think they can work in um, Chris Wilder's system. It's really interesting. Chris Wilder's obviously been speaking and talking about the fact that. Villa have been able to spend in a way that Sheffield United haven't. And he's got a fair point. You know, I know they've just busted out 20 million or whatever it was on, on Aaron Ramsdale, the goalkeeper. But, um, you know, Villa really have no excuse heading into this game. This is this is a very organic club. A very, very organic club in Sheffield United. You know, whereas we are trying to piece a team together, spending a lot of money. Yeah, like... It's going to be really interesting because I think if you're looking at Villa's side of things, like 
a lot of people are looking at Ollie Watkins and thinking like this is the striker we finally need. Of course, he scores on his competitive debut in the Cup against Burton. Um, could have had two. Um, of course, we can all say he should have done better with that one, but nonetheless, he scored a goal. That's important. I think if you look at it tactically, it, it like Sheffield United are of course going to do their homework on Ollie Watkins, but they can only do their homework on Ollie Watkins at really Brentford. You can't really take much from a cup game against league one opposition. Like yes and no, you can maybe with some of his movement, whatever, but maybe they're not going to know what to expect. So if you look at uh, Aaron Ramsdale in goal for Sheffield United, I think what will score two in six minutes or something like that. Like you have yeah, to was... get the pressure. Yeah. You have to get the pressure on him early, quick, and keep it on him because if you can keep him under that pressure, he's going to keep second guessing himself. He's still young. He's still learning his craft in some ways. So with that kind of mindset, maybe that does give us an advantage. And that's if like big on the word, if we can take advantage of that. So maybe they won't expect much with Ollie Watkins. Maybe they'll underestimate him. Who knows? But the other issue is too, Danny, we don't know what to really expect from Ollie Watkins. Like we don't really know how he will fit in with our first team. Like, we oh, haven't I seen do. that yet. I do. I, I, I feel like I do. Having watched <laughs> that Burton game, having watched that Burton game is easy. It's easy. You stick him up front. And the thing with the thing with Ollie Watkins is, right, he's, he, there's pure movement there. There's a lot of movement. But I think what we've got is a poacher who can also play football. Cause, True. Because what, what we needed was a striker who's always going to be in those positions. Now, Samata, to some extent, was that before lockdown. I don't know what happened after lockdown, but we're going to have, you know, that kind of positioning in there. But also against Burton Albion, what I found really interesting was was Watkins was joining the play a lot, wasn't he, with, with Jack Grealish. He was dropping back quite a bit as well. I just wonder, you know, whether he's always going to be able to get in those positions then, you know, in the Premier League. But I think that's the exciting thing for me. He's a he's a, he's a striker that, that, that knows of the six-yard boxes. And, um, you know, having watched the Manchester United game and having watched the, uh, the Burton Albion game, Oh, his 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 positional sense is exactly what we need. It's something else. Uh, I really would like to see how it work up with somebody like a Keenan Davis. I, I know that's totally unrelated and you know not <laughs> not going to be in the system that we're going to play, but uh, it would be like Hesky and Owens. But yeah, I think I think I think Watkins fits easily in there. You know, I think I think if Grealish plays on the left wing, we'll we'll, we'll see them linking up like we did before. Now, if it's El Ghazi and Trezeguet, I'm not so sure how it will work, but um. Yeah, I think I think Watkins is perfect for our side. Oh, like he is basically in terms of heading ability, he's everything we hoped Samata would do. Like that man will put his head in front of a ball going 100 miles an hour and get it on target. Like that one and the one that kind of went viral on Twitter in terms of the uh, preseason friendly with uh, United. Like that was a rocket like into the box, and the fact that he was able to redirect that into the goal, like. That is a header and a half. You have some neck muscles on you. So <laughs> that is that is a positive there. But I, I think the other thing that's kind of interesting, Danny, is I'm, I'm going to assume Grealish is going to play on the left wing. He's going to play it wide because uh, as much as he considers himself a midfielder, Dean Smith seems to think that he can create more chances and be more influential out wide. And to a part, I actually kind of agree. Uh, some games, obviously, he's way marked out and we just can't get the ball to him and it doesn't work but some instances in the middle too, he's just too deep and he can't make the impacts that we need him to make. So going into this game, we're, I guess one question is where do you see him and where would you want him? Jack, I think, um, probably still want him on the left wing, but that's through, 
lack of a decent winger. As I mean, as I think Trezeguet, obviously, I would like him to play, but um, I, I don't want to be harsh on El Ghazi, but I saw absolutely nothing in the Burton game to make me think that he's ever going to do anything for us. I, yeah. I, I don't, I just, I know that, I know that sounds bad, but I think, you know, you know, when the return from lockdown, El Ghazi just, when you, when you look back at it and you think about how Villa survived promotion, I don't think we ever think about El Ghazi in that equation. I don't think, I think Trezeguet obviously had a lot of moments, but even with Trezeguet, you need somebody who can create. And I think that's why we need Jack Grealish up on the left wing. Trezeguet is great in terms of, you know, finding positions and, 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 and getting into the, uh, getting into the box and providing another option um, if the striker's not made it to the ball. And but I think, I think, I think Grealish on the left wing is what Villa are going to have to do. I do kind of want to see Hotter get introduced a little bit more as well. But I think realistically, he's in the shop window. Um, but I thought he had a good game as well against Burton when he did come off the bench. For me, Grealish on the left, Howrahan in the middle. I think you want him in the fight, McGinn and Douglas Louise. I think that's it. But I, th- I think ideally. Ideally, if Villa were to get Traore and Rashika, you know, down the line, uh, you want Grealish back in the middle. But um, yeah, for now, it's going to have to be on the wing. Oh, no, 100%. Like, I agree with that. Like, you have to get Grealish as close to Watkins, in my opinion, as possible. Like, uh, in order to allow them to create that link of play and that fluidity and obviously create more chances because Grealish creates more chances than almost anybody. So, uh, like, it, it's just, it's it's obvious facts. Like, you need him forward you need him influencing direct play challenging defenders and creating opportunities to score goals like at the end of the day we need to score more goals we also need to keep more goals out of the net but we also need to score more goals as well so it kind of has to go both ways but uh danny before we wrap this up um i'll get two score predictions from you i'll get one Mm -hmm. from you and uh one from your ever-present birds oh my god can hear them yeah (laughs) oh no Sorry, they're very, very noisy today. No, it's uh, all good. I just, very, you know what, we this whole cast has had a lot, it's very animal friendly. So uh, <laughs> if you go probably back like eight months ago, you can hear dogs in my background. We got score predictions from them. So this time we have birds. We're at home. What do you want? What do you want? Exactly. Um, yeah, okay. My score prediction for the Sheffield United game is going to be 1-1, Villa going to disallow goal. <laughs> Karma. <laughs> <laughs> so basically okay what are the birds saying i think they're saying three nil ollie Watkins hat trick <laughs> i'll take it i'll take it take that one you know what you know what's funny though Bit optimistic. I, yeah before i give my prediction the funniest thing is though and I, I still think there's time to join so if you want to join the uh the holt cast cup is the fpl league uh just go to fantasy.permaleague.com i think you can still sign up after week two i'm not sure you'll be way behind but we're i'm retiring happening. already yeah, there's there's a free shirt in it, so just go on um, 75 at 7500 to hold on Twitter. Uh, all the details to join are there, of course. Shameless little plug. Um, it's funny to see. Te- I looked at a, like a few of the leaders, and it's funny to see like their game week one teams are literally like you'll have all the big guns in there, um, like Kane. You'll have Timo Werner in there, of course. And as soon as a Villa game comes up, you see Ollie Watkins in and like the most expensive striker. And it's like you can tell this league is full of Villa fans because they don't care if they get points. They just want Villa players to get points. So <laughs> I had to mention that because it's hilarious that someone would swap out like Harry Kane or Timo Werner for Ollie Watkins. You can just tell it just it gets that pure. But uh, in regards you know, to us, oh, go on. I was going to say, do, 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 do you know what? Like this is the worst fantasy team, fantasy league of all time. Because of all the teams that didn't play on game week one. Oh, right? I know. I'm 348th in the league. Wow. 
<laughs> I think I'm like 199, but at the same time, big butt, Harry Kane, or Huming Song got four goals today. Harry Kane got four assists, I think, and a goal, and I have both of them in my team, so I'm oh, very dude, happy. I, I'm, I hate you. <laughs> Didn't captain them, but I wish I did. But uh, in regards to a score prediction, I will say, you know what? I'll go with you. I'll go one all. Um, I, I wouldn't mind a draw. I don't think drawing at Sheffield United is a bad thing as much as I would love a win. Um, yeah. I think any way to start off the season with a point is just to get the ball rolling to to move in some sort of positive direction. Of course, that won't make everyone happy, Danny, but it is something. So I think that's the way we have to look at it. But uh, before we wrap anything up, Danny, is there anything you wanted to mention or are we good to go? I think we're good to go. I think we okay. are good to go. Um, I I don't think there's going to be many other incomings soon, to be fair. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think other than Bertrand Traore, I think now we're all just kind of keeping our keeping our ears open for news of Rashika. But I think that one's looking like it's going to go down to the wire because yeah, his club really need um really need the cash, and uh, I think that's what's delaying it. Yeah, and we have it. So by the looks of yeah. it, we already spent well, apparently eighty three million. So <laughs> we're literally we're literally paying the upper limit that every that any club wants on their player right now. Oh, we're gonna spend a hundred million, don't worry. We're gonna do a full of as every other opposition fan said. So just, you know. Can I just yeah. say, right? If we're in another relegation scrap next season, oh sorry, this season, or if we're anywhere near the bottom, like I don't think that Dean Smith's gonna get forgiven by the board. Just oh, just no. saying. No. Like we've gone excuse my French but balls in this season. Oh yeah. But you kind of, you kind of have to, like, there's no way you could have kept that squad, like basically all the same without adding something like there's clear holes, but like the the thing that speaks to me, Danny, especially, and we'll close at the podcast and maybe some of the, (laughs) the people have already clicked off because they're tired of us ranting on. But the thing that speaks to me, if you get relegated with this crop so far, all of the promoted teams collectively as a whole have conceded 22 goals in two games. Oh like Lord, really? that, that has, yeah, I, I tweeted that out that yesterday and that did very well. So thanks to everyone that liked it. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, it, like there's no way like that is if, if you're in that group, you have to be relegation bound and keep in mind a majority of those goals, um, notably, well, actually they notably come from like West Brom and Fulham, but, uh, of course leads like to concede, like basically three goals a game, at least anyways, too. So <laughs> There, there's there's going to be a scrap down there. I'm just kind of hoping we're away from it. But nonetheless, let's wrap it up there, Danny. Thank you very much for joining me. If you want to find Danny on Twitter, it's at Razzajourno. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. And all together, we make up the Holtcast. Of course, tweet us at 7500Holt and email us at HoltcastPod at gmail.com. We'll leave you there. We're very excited for tomorrow's game. And of course, up the villa.